Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What if I told you the Dallas Cowboys could have not one, but two CD Lambs on the team? Well, I'm not saying, but some NFL draft experts might be alluding to it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into it. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Sunday night. It is a great night to talk some Cowboys football tonight. We'll be discussing the draft prospect that has been mocked to the Cowboys and that is drawing comparisons to C.D. Lamb. Now, these are slightly controversial comparisons, and we'll get into the why of things. But I've seen two NFL draft analysts that I really respect compare this guy to C.D. Lamb. And it happens to be somebody that I've seen people suggest that the Cowboys might be interested in. So it's definitely an interesting fit, and I think... uh, It's worth the conversation. Hope that you guys had a fantastic weekend. Hope that your weekend was better than Alexander Volkanovsky's. Because goddamn, that was a knockout uh, on UFC 298. For those of you who are into the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, But man, that that was quite the, the show. Right there from Ilya Topuria, the new featherweight champion of the world. But ladies and gentlemen, let me say hi very quickly to you guys in the chat. We've got uh, Chris over on YouTube. We've got Katharina. We've got Joe. We've got Gregory and Toxic. And over on the Facebook side of things, we've got Jeff Clark. Shout out to you, sir. Welcome, everyone. Both uh, platforms, welcome, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into uh, into the show. Let's get to it right away. Who are we talking about in the first place? We're talking about Adonai Mitchell from the Texas Longhorns, wide receiver, who has been drawing comparisons to CD. Now, this is the one that I saw first. For those of you who don't follow Brett Coleman, I absolutely urge you to do so. He is masterful with his X's and O's analysis, and he also dives into the NFL world. Brett Coleman has been somebody that I feel like every time that I watch one of his videos, I learn something. He went on a little bit of a rampage on Twitter where he tweeted out a couple of pictures. One was in 2024 NFL draft prospect, and then another was a current NFL player or even former NFL player. And he just added IMO. Like that was that was the whole caption for Brett Coleman, just, you know, a direct comp. And he had this one, which seemingly lit Twitter on fire. I think it's one of the, his most viral posts in this series of tweets that he's been putting out there. And it's been controversial for a lot of reasons. People simply don't see what Brett Coleman sees 
in this player. They all don't think about C.D. Lamb, who at the end of the day has positioned himself in the tier one conversation of wideouts in today's NFL. I've talked about this before on the show. I think that last year you talked about the top wide receivers in the game. And if you wanted to rank them, you would have to put CD in sort of like a, a tier two behind the Tyreek Kills of the NFL, the Justin Jeffersons and Jamar Chase and all that. Uh, he would take a step back and then you could enter CD into the conversation. Not anymore. After 2023, honestly, CD Lamb deserves to be in the conversation to be the best wideout in the league. Now, I personally, and this is just me, I would probably still rank Tyreek Kill first, but man, starting at number two, I'm starting to think about CD Lamb potentially in my ranking. So obviously, when you compare somebody uh, like, you know, whoever of these wide receiver prospects to CD Lamb is going to raise some eyebrows, right? Now, lo and behold, Adonai Mitchell and CD Lamb were also compared by ADC Sports film room analyst James Foster. And you can see that in ADC Sports Big Board. And by the way, for those who are watching on YouTube, I linked our big board to the description in case you want to check it out. If you watch it, if you enter it through the computer, you can see the full view, which is the one that you're seeing on the screen right now. And it's really a great tool with just the overall ranking from James Foster, his position ranking, and a lot of interesting info, like where his athletic you know, uh, aspect is, like he's in the 91st percentile in terms of height. And James Foster lists his strengths as size, speed, and fluidity that you cannot teach. He points out that he only had one drop in 2023. Adonai Mitchell has the body control and spatial awareness to make difficult sideline catches, adjusts route tempo and makes crisp horizontal breaks, takes purposeful steps to attack leverage and set up his break, glides between route phases, footwork isn't segmented or choppy, smooth transition in, in and out of double moves, glides horizontally to evade press coverage. He did not see a lot of press coverage, though, in the Big 12, which is actually listed in the weaknesses column. Savvy hand usage at the stem break of the route. And then in his weaknesses, you can see Mediocre production, which, by the way, this was one of the biggest among people who were out there killing Brett Coleman for this. Uh, this is a tweet from Great Item Grading, which was like, hey, man, this is bait. You just look at the numbers between CD and, and Mitchell, and it's a world of difference. And he lists some interesting stats there. Yards per route run, basically just another world from CD, over double of what AD had in college 3.99 yards per route run versus 1.85. The yards after the catch monster the CD was is just in another ballpark entirely. 11 yards after the catch per reception against only 3.2. And then the missed tackles per uh, missed tackles forced per catch also in another universe. Uh, so I understand the concerns about the stats uh, between Adonai Mitchell and CD. When you are comparing them, people are going to want to see the same type of production. But prospect evaluation goes well beyond just numbers, right? Like prospect evaluation is an art more than it is a science because the context of each player is just entirely different, right? Like that is just something that we all should know. Context goes first when you are evaluating these guys. And again, this is James Foster's analysis. Uh, I'm not... I'm not trying to claim that it's mine, by the way. Just, just to be super clear, I wouldn't be able to, to come up with this 
uh, detailed of an evaluation. And James Foster is really one of the goats when it comes to X's and O's. And I'm happy to say uh, he is a part of the ADC Sports family. But yeah, man, uh, this guy, Adonai Mitchell, has drawn comparisons to CeeDee Lamb from two guys. And, and now this would be nothing but a fun fact, right? Nothing but a fun fact if, if, if that was all there is to it. But let me tell you, man, that this guy was mocked to the Cowboys by Destin Adams from ADC Sports, who had boots in the ground for the Senior Bowl. And he pulled off a weird scenario for Dallas where he basically had the Cowboys trading back to 42nd overall. So that's a big drop, right? Going from 24th to 42nd. But here's what intrigues me about his explanation of the pick. Because he seems to... He seems to know a thing or two is, is what I'm trying to say. He says the funny thing is that a player I believe they would consider talking about the Cowboys in the first round is Texas wide receiver Adonai Mitchell, who is also the pick at 42. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued at the part of Destin Adams being like, I believe they would consider him in the first round because that's a big statement to make for a wide receiver that is currently 38 in the consensus board overall among all prospects. He is 38 overall in the consensus board, right? Which takes into account every analyst's uh, big board. And you can see like the, the tier that he is in. So you've got Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors from LSU, and Roma Dunce, all our top six prospects per the consensus board. And then you have a steep drop off to 21st, right? Where you've got uh, Thomas Jr. And then you've got... Uh, Coleman from FSU, Troy Franklin from Oregon, and then at 38, you've got AD, and then you start getting into the names like McConkie and Xavier Worthy and Polk from Washington, who many people like almost as much as they like Adonse, which is insane. Leggett from South Carolina. There's uh, Wilson, the Michigan kid, who ended up showing up at the Senior Bowl in such a big way. Devontae's Walker from North Carolina. This is a... a NFL draft that is going to be built to the point where I think the the massive run, I mean, the top names are obviously the top names, and they're in a different space than, than some of these day two prospects. But round two is likely to see a significant run at wide receiver just by looking at these rankings that we have been looking at. Uh, but man, Cowboys being mocked, somebody that has been compared twice at least by by big name analysts to see the lamp. Gee, uh, hey, I, I like that. I, I like that. And and I also think it brings up a significant conversation as to what exactly is the Cowboys need at wideout. And, and not only need, but we talk a lot about best player available. And a lot of people seem to think that, hey, man, they've got they're set at wide receivers, so even if they've got somebody to take there, they, they might have passed on him. I'm not sure that is the case. Now, we're going to talk about the wide receiver room in a little bit here, but I've also got two clips from Mr. Adane Mitchell that I wanted to show you. Now, I took this from Twitter. The first one is from none other than Daniel Hearns, and man, it's just a clip where he's selling the post. Look at him. Boom. Selling the post and then breaks outside. And that, that is just so smooth, man. Look at his head and his body when he's selling the inside route, right? The corner has inside leverage on him, sells the post, breaks outside, and just is able to leave the cornerback way behind him. 
might be a touchdown if, if the pass is a little bit better. And then you got one of him basically running a slant at the bottom of the screen and him adjusting to the ball very efficiently going back. That is a, a missed throw potentially. This clip from Frankie Abbott on Twitter slash X. So hat tip to them. But yeah, man, Adonai Mitchell is looking like somebody that I would like a lot on the Dallas Cowboys. So before we move on, ladies and gentlemen, let me say hi. And let, let, me, let me read some of your comments here. Would you like or dislike a wide receiver in the first round, provided the value is fair, right? Uh, we're all going to have all sorts of thoughts about who would be the best player available at 24, depending on several scenarios. That's the NFL draft, right? But if their value is right, would you like or dislike a wideout in the first round? Let me see. Let, let me see what you guys what you guys have to say. Let's see, man. Uh, oh, Mark, I don't have uh, Dane Brugler's rankings opened at this moment. I know he likes him, but I don't think he's gonna have him like in the in the first round range. Like, I don't think he's gonna have him top thirty-two. Uh, Mark Aaron says I would trade to the end of the first and no further. He says, uh, Toxic says, depends on who is there. Of course, of course. It obviously depends on who is there. Uh, not taking a position and passing on a better player. Take the best player available. Uh, I wouldn't hate it, he says, especially if the value is right. Gregory says, dislike. And Mark Aaron says, dislike. And Katharina also says, dislike. You, you see, this is where I'm going with this. This is, this is where I'm going. <clears throat> I feel like, Right. And, 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 and TZ is like maybe specifically saying, you know, Mitchell specifically, I wouldn't like it in the first round. And that is more, 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 more than fair. If you're talking about like Adonai Mitchell specifically, right? Okay. If you don't like Adonai Mitchell, that's extremely fair. But if we're talking about a wide receiver and the value is right, I have a feeling that a Cowboys Nation is very against the idea. Because the Cowboys need an offensive lineman and the Cowboys need, uh, I mean, if if it makes sense, they could even go to a linebacker there. They could do a lot of things, right? Dallas could. And it feels like we're not talking about the wideouts that are going to be there and there are going to be wideouts there. So if the Cowboys really like one of them over the rest of, of like that range that I just talked about, about Coleman and Franklin and AD and McConkey and Worthy and Polk, if they've got a guy and they say, you know what, the value is right, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take him at 24th overall, I wouldn't hate it because I also don't think very highly of the wide receiver room that the Cowboys have got right now. I mean, I obviously think highly of it in the sense that CD Lamp is one of the best wideouts in the league right now. And Brandon Cooks uh, started to come along in the second half of the season with Dak Prescott specifically. like. I feel like they were struggling early in the year, and then their chemistry started to be built there. Brandon Cooks emerged as a red zone weapon and also a very clutch target near the sidelines in several third down situations. They never quite got the vertical route right, okay? Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks were just not on the same page when it came to those go routes, but they connected in several other areas. So I'm fine with Brandon Cooks at number two. I'm not sure how I feel about the number three spot, though, right? We can talk about Michael Gallup being up and down, and we can talk about potentially keeping him around for another year. You know, you only save 
$800,000 if you cut him and you eat like $13 million in dead money. If you are going to cut him, maybe a post-June 1st release makes the most sense to where you can open up, I think it's uh, $9.5 million post-June. And maybe you can use that money for an extension, right? To extend some of the of the guys that you've got uh, entering a, a contract year in 2024. Like I'm thinking about, you know, the big ones, right? Micah and CV and, and, and even Dak, if they have not extended him to that point, which hopefully they do. Hopefully they they make that happen before free agency. And I know I'm probably wishful thinking, but, you know, just to have a, a more flexibility to spend in, in free agency, right? Uh, I know the salary cap can be manipulated, but, hey, one of the ways that you do it is by extending Dak Prescott. <clears throat> but, man, it's Gallup and it's Tolbert at number three, right? Uh, you can talk about Jalen Tolbert, too. And I know we witnessed improvement from Jalen Tolbert. But I'm also not quite sure that it fully was like that second year breakout that we all thought he might have, right? It might happen in the third year. I'm not saying not, right? Because he did show some impressive flashes. But I still feel like acting like he's a safe bet is maybe a little bit, you know, uh, maybe we could be blamed of optimism if we go about things that way. So I wouldn't oppose a number one uh, sorry, round one pick at wide receiver provided the value makes sense, which is the big question. And honestly, man, if we're going to start talking about value, etc., cetera, uh, we can get into the nitty gritty in April, right? Right now it's February. You know, opinions are going to keep changing and changing on these players. Uh, Brett says, what about Turpin? That's a fair question, Brett. Turpin, to me, does remain like a role-type player. Turpin has proven me wrong several times. I will say that. Uh, I was a skeptical about him making the roster when he was first brought in from the USFL. I was a skeptical about him making it again even in 2023, right? And I was like, hey, man, he the, the coaches have said that he needs a, a bigger role on offense. And I was skeptical that he was going to find one. And he did. But I also don't know if we could consider him wide receiver three material. You know, I, I don't think that highly of Kevontae Turpin. But again, he has proven me wrong several times. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think he's going to be more of a role player like he was in 2023. Where, And I'm not talking about jet sweeps, which is what I got wrong, right? I thought, man, if, if they line up number nine on that offense, he's going to run a jet motion, or, or they're going to hand him the football, or they're going to do this and that with him. It's going to be a limited set, a menu of options. And, and that's where he proved me wrong. Because Kevontae Turpin was legitimately running routes, which was my big thing with him. Like, I don't know if he's a route runner, but he did prove that he was. Like, that was my thing last year. Clearly, I was proving wrong on that. I think wide receiver three, though, is, is a big question for him, for sure. <clears throat> TC915 says, I think we can take VPA and hit a position of need at 24. That might be the case. That, that, that like That's the ideal situation, right? But hey, we'll see. Now, if you're going for a wideout in year one, that might be one of the biggest impacts that you can find for an all-in, quote-unquote, type year, especially when in free agency, you might have other priorities. We've talked about, I said this on Thursday, about the linebacker position. Everyone 
says that linebacker is the top need going into the NFL draft. My whole thing is, man, if that is still your need in April, then you didn't do your job properly in March. I want to get to April without absolutely needing linebackers, especially because there doesn't seem to be a surefire prospect at linebacker that you can take in the first round without any concern, right? Chances are you take somebody at 24th, and it's going to be a risky pick if, if you want him or, or if you need him to work as a rookie. I think it's going to be a tough ask. So I think linebacker, man, needs to be dealt with next month, not in April, next month. So knowing that, man, you're thinking about offensive line, right? And I know ideally many of us want somebody like Jackson Powers Johnson who can immediately upgrade your run game and can immediately be a better center than Tyler Vyadish even. I, I will go and say that, like, that's my belief. I would much rather have JPJ playing for the Cowboys in 2024 than, than Vyadish. But, like, that's a, that's a, a big if, if he's going to be there or not, because a lot of people have been acting like, you know, that guy might even creep into the top 20. Now, speaking of free agency, though, speaking of free agency, if you want to, Go ahead and, and find a wide receiver in March. You can also do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, hey, they, they might not need to go ahead and, and, and sign a, a wide receiver in free agency, which is why I would like, like, hey, if there's an opportunity to add one in the draft, go ahead and do that. But in free agency, if they wanted to, there's a group of interesting wideouts that you could look at, especially if they're serious. And, and, and again, we I know... We're all skeptical about them being serious about going all in. But let's say, let's let's rule out the, the top three agents for them. Like So, so let's rule out T. Higgins, who is likely going to run it back with the Bengals. <clears throat> Might end up with the Tennessee Titans, which would be super fun. Uh, Michael Pittman from the Colts. Mike Evans. Mike Evans, to me, screams Kansas City. Like, we need to see Mike Evans in Kansas City. Just objectively speaking taking the Cowboys hat off and just talking NFL big picture, Mike Evans needs to head to Kansas, right? Are we all on the same page there? Mike Evans needs to go with Patrick Mahomes and play some football over there? Yes. All right. We can all agree with that. Let's move on. Now, this is a, a hey, hey, not, not a democracy right now. Mike Evans going to Kansas City. <laughs> number 17, man. Uh, and I say number 17 because it's like a list that I took from PFF. For those wideouts, man. Um, no, number 24 is Calvin Ridley. Could be an interesting one, of course. There's Brown. There's Mooney. Gabe Davis from Buffalo. OBJ, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Kendrick Byrne. Now, those later names that I just mentioned are definitely not top guys. But we're talking wide receiver three here, right? We're talking wide receiver three market here. We've got CD. We've got Brandon Cooks. What about somebody else from the outside to maybe compliment somebody like Jalen Tolbert for wide receiver three? And maybe you can post you in first release, Mr. Michael Gallup. Mark Aaron says OBJ, LOL. Yeah, man, that's still a thing. And it is going to remain a thing in 2024, I think. Especially because he started to play better and better as the season went on with the Baltimore Ravens. Brett says, what about Stephon Diggs? And Jerry Johnson says, I like Stephon Diggs, but we can't pay him. You know, 
assume that we could pay him, right? Like, even if the Cowboys could, even if that was not a concern. But I agree with that concern. Uh, Stefan Dix, man, I think that's one of those storylines that, that, that we keep talking about and we keep talking about, and I don't see the merit behind it, right? So the Bills, they really cannot cut uh, Stefan Dix. So he's got, if they cut him or they traded him or whatever, it would be like they wouldn't save a dime. I'm sure they can work something out to where the financial hit is not that big and, and stuff. But I also think the drama is a little bit overblown by media. I'm not saying it's non-existent. It definitely exists. Uh, and, and just covering Stefan Dix and the Bills too for ADC Sports. Man, you, you just see that there is something that is... Like, it, it's not the smoothest relationship of all that, that Stefan has with the Bills. But it's also not nearly as bad as they make it out to be. I don't think it's uh, Stephon Diggs will leave Buffalo, even if it matter, even if it means financial hell for Buffalo or whatever. Not only financial hell, but but wide receiver hell for a team that wouldn't have anybody if it wasn't for uh, Stephon Diggs. Because Gabe Davis, man, he had some playoff moments, right? He had some some big playoff games, but at the end of the day, Gabe Davis was never the type of wide receiver too that the Bills needed. And and Buffalo seems to know this. I don't think that Buffalo is going to pay Gabe Davis, honestly. So with that in mind, I just don't see how Stephon leaves Buffalo, man. I don't think it makes sense financially. I don't think it makes sense football-wise. And I don't think the drama is, is, is high enough to overrule those two first factors. So, yeah, man, I don't, I don't think the Stephon Diggs narrative is going to pick up any sort of serious steam going into the offseason. <clears throat> it's going to be talked about. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be talked about, but I don't see it, man. I don't see the logic behind it. Didn't see it in 2023. I mean, I think we've been doing this since what? Since 2022, right? The Stefan Diggs drama. I've never believed it, honestly. Um, let's see what you guys have to say. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, Gallup says Toxic is headed to Costco. Dude isn't a has-been. He's a never-was. Fans overrated the ever-living shit out of him. And, man, I'm going to say this. He definitely was expected to be better, I think, by Cowboys fans. And it's just inconsistent, man. Uh, like, Gallup has some moments where you're like, he could be so special, right? When he makes those impressive catches, it feels to me like if, it, like if you go on Madden, He's going to have like a 90 in impressive catch rating, but then like a 70 in everything else sometimes. That's what it feels to me with, with Michael Gallup. And I also understand that it might be health-related, where he might have been much better had he been healthier. That might have been it for, for Michael Gallup, but definitely feels like somebody that uh, struggles to generate separation and can make some impressive contested catches, but then... As we looked at during the season, he struggled in 2023 in contested catches. And it's like, out of all of the things that he can struggle in, if you're Michael Gallup, contested catches cannot be it, right? If, if Gallup is not thriving out of this lot, I'm okay with it because that's not who he is. If Michael Gallup is not showing off speed and winning with speed on the field, I'm fine with it because that's not who he is. But those 50-50 volts, that's where Michael Gallup was supposed to thrive. And 
for a good chunk of the season at least, he was near the bottom of the NFL among like 80-plus receivers in contested catch rate, uh, which was definitely a disappointment. So I'm, I'm with you, man. If you are on the train or on the boat of let's move on from Michael Gallup and let's look to the future, like Richard says here, time to move on from Gallup, find a young receiver that is reliable, I'm all for it. I am all for it. Unfortunately, I do think you're not going to get anything for him on a trade. So I think I think we are talking about a straight-up release here. And I think you would have to go the post-June 1st route, where you are opening up $9.5 million in cap space post-June 1st. Now, you are right. That wouldn't help the Cowboys land the big free agents in March. But he would help in extending players in the later phase of the offseason. So if that's what's going to happen, let's go. Let's let's do it. Oh, man, I love this one from Mark. And I've talked about it on the show, too. And, and I'm with you, man. I bet that we signed the linebacker that's with the Panthers, Frankie Lubu, man. I, I've talked about him a little bit here on the show. We haven't, like, done a, a full in-depth dive into the free agent linebackers. But Lubu makes sense because... He's been used in the pass rush department a whole lot. And with Mike Zimmer coming in and we know about the A-gaps and all that, like this is a guy that is leading off-ball linebackers over the last two years in QB pressures. And he's got sacks and he's got everything. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into the tape for Frankie Lubu, but but he's somebody that uh, ranks higher, I think, in league circles than like what you would assume out of the media. And, and maybe that's because the Panthers just suck as a football team and they're not widely discussed. But man, Lubu could absolutely be a target for the Cowboys in free agency because I think he's a scheme fit as well. Toxic says, uh, was absolutely brutal to resign him talking about Gallup there after being mad that Cooper didn't practice much. You chose a lesser talent and gave the better one away from Pinnitz. And some people get pissed when we bring up the Amari Cooper thing. Some people are like, can we move on? And I'm like, man, I mean, sure, let's move on. But that is something we're still living. Like, we're still living the consequences of moving on from Amari Cooper. So it's funny to me when people are like, man, just move on and, and let's stop talking about the Amari Cooper trade. If it's because you want to stop thinking about it and you just want to move on for your own mental health, like, I understand it. But other than that, I'm like, Bro, we're, 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 <laughs> it hasn't been that long. We are leaving the, the consequences. And it's not like, <laughs> it's not like with many other players that have left, right? Like, hell, I, I'll use somebody for, from, the, from that same year, Lyle Collins, right? Lyle Collins was also let go in a different way, right? It wasn't a, a trade for a fifth rounder. <laughs> it was just like uh, the release. But, Lyle Collins was let go, suffered a season-ending injury in, in 2022, and didn't really play like an like a top-tier tackle after he left, right? Amari Cooper, though, on the other hand, like he remains dominating football fields out there with the Cleveland Browns, and it makes it a heck of a lot harder to move on when you're just, you know when your best friend is destroying you in fantasy football because he has Amari Cooper or when 
you just can't see red zone cut to the Cleveland Browns game because Mari Cooper is making plays. It's tougher to move on when, when that is going on. And even tougher when, when Manuel Etzko has yet to play football with the Cowboys or at least a meaningful uh, amount of football who is who the Cowboys drafted with, with that fifth round pick. So yeah, man, <laughs> it's, it's one of the, it's definitely one of the most painful decisions from this football team that we've seen in the last few years. And I would rank it number one. If you talk to me about uh, the last five decisions that the Cowboys have made in the, in, in team building, right? Like, I think that would be number one on my list. If, if you were talking about the worst ones, I'm putting trading away Amari Cooper right in there. And because of it, right, we are having this conversation about, about wide receivers. So whether it is the second version of CeeDee Lamb, who is about to enter the NFL, or whether it's somebody in free agency or somebody else in that one to second round in the NFL draft or even in the third round, don't get it twisted, man. Wide receiver is a, this is a position that could also use a massive upgrade, especially to take that offense to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to have a different week here on Primetime because on Tuesday and Thursday, we're not going to be live. I'm going to pre-record something for you because I cannot leave you hanging like that. Uh, but I have some personal stuff going on on tuesday i've got a big city event here in chihuahua mexico uh it's gonna be a cool event mayor is gonna be there the governor is gonna be there and hey i'm gonna go see the professional football team that i work for here in mexico um receive their championship rings and then later on the week on thursday i'm gonna be traveling you know where i'm gonna be traveling i'm gonna be going to mexico city to watch UFC Mexico Live, Jair Pantera Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega, Brandon Moreno. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun times, man. So I'm still gonna though, I'm still gonna hook you up with Cowboys content, of course, with some pre-recorded stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, see you tomorrow night though. We're gonna be live on Monday. See you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Bye-bye.